Hello, and welcome to the Cleverly Changing Podcast. Our podcast is all about learning how to educate your kids. I'm one of the hosts, Elle, and this is episode 18. If you are a new listener, we are excited to have you join us. I am an entrepreneur, a mom to twin girls, and this is my six-year homeschooling. Our goal is to provide you with encouragement, insight about African history, and support as a parent and home educator. New episodes are shared bi-weekly, so please remember to subscribe and share. Today's episode is all about how to get your homeschooler ready for college. Today's African proverb is, if the rhythm of the beat changes, the dance steps must adapt. It's now time for the word of the episode. Marifa means knowledge in Swahili. This is Cleverly Cultured Kids! <laughs> Welcome to Cleverly Cultured Kids. Today we have an exciting topic for you. We are talking about the future. So hi, ladies. Huh. Hello. So I want to ask you, do you all want to go to college when you get older? Uh, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. For what I want to do when I'm older, yeah. Okay. I don't know. All right. What seems exciting about college? What do you think will be exciting about it? I know my girls have been to a college campus and they've seen the college rooms. Do you think it'll be cool to stay in your own dorm room without your parents? I mean, yes, but also no. If there's other people in it, then no. There's going to be other people in it, Nyla. Well, then no. (laughs) Okay, so for me, I've... I want to go to, to the same college my mom went to, and I'm not going to give that out, the name out, because I think that's personal information, and um, yeah, so I think it'd be very cool to stay in my own dorm with friends. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely cool. All right, so we talked a little bit about college. Do you think that when you're older and you're kind of on your own going to college, do you think that overall that's going to be fun? You'll just have to go to classes and you can hang out with your friends. Fun? Eh. But like just like the experience in general, yeah, that seems kind of cool. Um, not, not necessarily fun, but cool. Okay, and what do you think? I don't know. I'm saying I don't know for most of the answers to the college question, and I don't know the future. But it 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 seems okay. Yeah. 
Okay. So what type of professions do people need to go to college for? What do you think? Math. Law. So if somebody wants to be a lawyer, they do need to go to college. If someone wants to be a mathematician, they can go to college. What else? What about if, engineers? Well, yes. Say it a little louder. Yeah. Most yeah. other jobs. Engineer for an engineer, yeah, because you gotta you gotta learn. What about a cosmetologist? I don't know what a cosmetologist is. A cosmetologist? Do you know? Like Does anybody makeup know? Makeup and oh layer. yeah. Yeah, cosmetologist, I don't think you really need to go. Well, yeah, you have to go to college, but you have to go to business for it because that's business. So a cosmetologist is someone who does hair, so a hair stylist, someone who has been certified to do that. And usually they don't have to go to a place called a college, but there are hair schools that they would go to, to and they learn different things. They learn how to take care of hair. They learn some places they teach them uh, about nail technician and other type of things that re are related to that. But for the most part, they don't have to go to a regular college, but they can go to a school to learn how to do a person's hair and they receive a certificate so that they can do that. But I like what you mentioned about business school, because if you want to own several salons or, you know, be an entrepreneur, it does come in handy to have a business degree and have business skills so that you can learn how to manage your money, to you know, maximize your business profits and invest. And that could be learned through a traditional college experience. What type of professions do you think you don't need a college degree to do? YouTube. So Definitely. True. YouTubers <laughs> don't have to have college degrees. Technically, you don't actually have to even go to high school. Yeah. Right. 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 You don't need to go to college. Right, but if you, what what else other than a YouTuber? An artist? An artist, you don't have to, you can be a self-taught artist. You don't have to go to a university. Now, there are some schools that are art schools and there are people that learn how to perfect certain art techniques. And so they have places called art institutes that teach certain types of art. So they do exist. I have one. I think um, gymnast or if you want to be a gymnast or contortionist, then you most likely won't need to go to college or even high school because that's just that's like that natural talent. Yeah. So yes, it does. Your natural talent does come into play, but you, many of the people who are gymnasts are contortionists. Sometimes they hire somebody to train them. So even though you may not get a degree based on your gymnastic abilities, you can have a person who is trained to teach you how to perfect different skills related to what type of gymnastics you're doing. So um, 
who what's a gymnastic person that you know i know two of them okay gabby what douglas, are their names gabby douglas um simone biles and one more ali raisman yeah so i remember watching the gabby douglas story and it said that she moved away from her mom when she was little so that she could get specialized training so that she could learn how to be really good. So that may be the case. So normally parents will hire somebody who has very good knowledge on how to train their kids to be their best selves so that they can go into the Olympics. And whatever profession or athletic ability, a lot of times they do hire specific coaches that are experts in that field to help their child. So even if you're great at mathematics, your parents can hire somebody that can help teach you how to perfect different skills. And in those type of cases, you know, it's about strengthening your natural abilities to perfect your skills. So you don't have to go to college, but I can say that when I was in college, my school did have a gymnastics team. So just because you go to college doesn't mean that you're not going to do gymnastics there because some colleges do have gymnastic teams that compete. All right. So do you ladies know what you want to become? I thought about this a lot. And I want, so I like to bake, but I also like sewing. And that's someone can bind those together somehow. So I can do both of them. Um, I, I want to have a restaurant maybe. And I also want to um, have a YouTube channel because it's kind of easy, I guess. Okay. Um, I might want to be a musician or just a, um, a digital artist. I don't know. All right. So a lot of the things that you all mentioned, some of them you don't have to go to college for, and some of them you may want to go to college to perfect a skill. So like if you want to open a restaurant, getting a business degree could be helpful so that you could learn some different tips and tricks. So it's definitely something that you can start thinking about. But when you do get older, you want to start volunteering and taking different classes to help you see what it is that you want. And in high school, and college, there will be opportunities to do internships. And that means in some cases you don't get paid, but in some cases you do, where you can work for a company and get an idea of what they do so that you can see if that's something that interests you that you would want to do in the future. All right. So is there anything that you ladies would like to add? No. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> All right. So thanks for having this conversation with us, and we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.
Welcome to another Cleverly Changing Podcast. I am one of the hosts, Elle, and today we have a guest with us. I'm going to let our guest introduce herself, and I hope that all of you will definitely share this podcast with your friends because we can only grow if you tell other people about the podcast. So share it with a friend or two and let us know what you think. All right, so Eva, can you introduce yourself, please? I would love to. Hi, my name is Eva Wilson. I am a former homeschooler as of this year. I homeschooled for, I want to say, 11 years, and I have three children. I am a blogger at SokaMom.com. Uh, I'm an author of one family reading book called A Nancy's Family Reunion, and uh, I have another book coming out shortly called um, Winston won't go. So um, that's all that's going on with me right now. And uh, I'm glad to be here. Yes, there is what I mean, there's so I mean, you're just full of so many uh, great things because your kids have pages um, as well. I know your daughter has a, a, a new YouTube with a friend. Can you tell us what her YouTube is? And we'll put it in the show notes as well. Yes. Okay. So she has a really great friend that she met since we moved. And her friend is an actress. She sings, she dances, does all kinds of things. And they met at testing. Like I said, I'm a former homeschooler. So my kids have gone back to school. So they met at testing and they just hit it off and started a YouTube channel about making slime. So Eden had her own channel, Lemon Nerdy, about book reviews and gymnastics and stuff like that. So the two of them get together and do taste test challenges and they talk about slime and make slime and they just are living their little best lives. So it's called Royal Rose Slimes with a Z and on Instagram, they are Royal Rose Slimes with a Z and on YouTube, I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. So they've got their links all over the place. Awesome, awesome. So I am so excited about this conversation because uh, when I first started my podcast, I sent out um, on social media, I asked different parents, what are your questions? And one of the questions that I received, but I couldn't personally answer was, how do I get my kid ready for college who's homeschooled? And I know that during that 11 years of your homeschooling, you did graduate one of your kids. So can you kind of tell us a little bit of how that course took place? Yes. So how would I begin? So I was traditionally schooled throughout, you know, kindergarten through college. So my, exp my experience with homeschooling was very similar to traditional school. So we had our hours, we had, you know, the way that we kind of kept up things was kind of like a school day. It just ended early because you, you know, you leave out things like discipline with different things like that. You don't have to worry about that. So our day would end early. So as far as them being prepared for a day that is scheduled, they kind of already had that going. So my son, um, he, let's see, what was his biggest prep was, I would say SAT prep was probably the biggest thing for us. And we started that around ninth grade. And also we did um, the local 
community college had free classes for students who were homeschooled or students who wanted to start taking a college class. You just had to take the entrance exam and you could take one or two classes. So he did that as well. So he was kind of prepared for what it's like to sit through a lecture, which is a little different than a high school class, but being able to sit through a college lecture, being able to have certain discussions as a group, things like that, that he might not have gotten in homeschool because the kids, my other kids are at least six to seven years younger than him. So he didn't really get the full discussion experience until we incorporated some outside classes. Okay. So then after that, so that was ninth grade, 10th grade after that, um, was getting ready, you know, with the SAT prep, ACT as well, because you never know what colleges are going to be looking for. And you also don't know what college your child is going to all of a sudden fall in love with. And you're like, well, they only accept ACT scores or they only accept this thing or that thing. So as a homeschooler, you kind of um, have to be prepared for everything. So we did SAT, we did ACT, and he had already done um, the AccuPlacer, which is one of the community college uh, exams. So he was prepared for all of those things. Okay. So you just mentioned something that I know many families sometimes worry about when they homeschool. Sometimes it's easier to homeschool the elementary years, but as kids start getting older, let's say middle school, and then into high school, parents feel a little less adequate to teach their kids. And I think what kind, so my question is, what kind of um, encouragement did you receive to help you feel capable of homeschooling during the high school years? It's funny. I kept a lot of my books from high school. And when, and my dad had a lot of them at his house as well. So when we would go down to South Carolina, he'd say, you know, uh, you want to take these books back with you. So for things like English, um, history, stuff that doesn't change, physics, stuff that's not really going to change, um, I was able to look back through these things and say, you know what, you got it. You're, you learned all these things at some point, and half the time, your teacher was reading from the book. So... <laughs> You, you you can do this. And also, um, we did get a tutor for physics because my husband was really great at physics. I was reasonable at physics, but some things kids are going to need a different perspective. Right. Right. So what made sense, especially for things like physics and math and uh, what else? Some of the sciences, we definitely talked to some outside people to give them that you know, English is easy, at, at least for me, because if you're a writer, you can critique your kid's work, you can discuss certain things, that's fine. Reading, they kind of get that on their own. But you never know how your kid's brain works for math and science and stuff like that. So to feel capable, I did go back over and, you know, kind of boost myself up like, girl, look, look what you did. You, <laughs> you made it through AP calculus. You mean to tell me you can't, you can't do this algebra? Yes, you can. You can do it. Um, but for things that I just truly didn't feel prepared or comfortable for, I did get a tutor. And then it made me feel good about giving him what he needed rather than just saying, you know what, I'm going to wing it or he's gonna have to figure it out on his own or he's gonna have to go on the internet. I felt like I had done my job and it 
a lot of times with homeschooling, we feel guilty that maybe we're not giving them everything that a school would give them or we're not giving them all the opportunities to learn that a school would give them. So I kind of gave myself some backup with some tutors and, you know, look back on my own work like, girl, look at you. So <laughs> I, love it. I love it because I know now that my kids are in middle school, I do have to prep. Like I have to go over their books. I kind of have to do the work and check it. Like, especially the math, because it's been like, 30, almost 30 years right. basis since I've done the works. Like right now they're doing like integers and fractions, subtracting and adding them. And I know that's not hard, but you do have to refresh your memory. Yes. Um, and there's yeah. these, these tiny things and you're like, wait a minute, does that, wait, <laughs> like, does that look right? I, wait a minute. So right. we also had a lot of different versions of books. So we had about four different algebra books by the time we got to algebra. So we had the um, college versions that you can get from used bookstores. Okay. And we had the high school versions as well. So we could see what it was leading to. That way you can kind of work through how they expect them to know it for SAT and entrance exams and things like that. And then also kind of give them that extra boost um, to let them know what they're going to be looking at when they get this on the college level. Cause it really is the same stuff over and over again. They just give you less information to work with. Right. Right. So each um, subject kind of builds upon itself as yes. the kid matriculates, which yes. is normal. So the foundation of it all is going to remain the same. And if they really have a strong foundation, they can move on wherever they go. And, yes. I, and I love that. Um, so I, when I think about college, everybody went to different schools, but yet yes. we were all able to compete together. And we yep. were because the foundation of information is the same. Yes. I think as homeschoolers, you have to remember that. And I think it kind of takes away from the uneasiness if you think, well, the foundation of this, my kids got it. Yes, yes. And I tell um, when, so my two youngest have gone on to school, one to high school and one to middle school. And, you know, they were a little worried because they don't have that benchmark against their peers that they had that everybody else had so you know some people go in saying i've always been number one in the class i've always been in the middle of the class i've always been well they didn't go in with that so i told them you know what you learned how to learn so at the end of the day you know if they give you something to do if they give you some math that you don't understand you know how to get help you know how to ask questions you know how to do your own research to see other examples that might work for your brain so that's one of the advantages that homeschoolers are going to have going to college is that they know how to learn and they know how to actively pursue the information that they need Mm, I love I love what you just said because it's really at the root of just my whole homeschooling experience. I've always told myself to be flexible and to teach my kids to love learning. That is that is my um, total goal. It is not to make my kid the smartest. It is not to see them do uh, you know just you know, college work at a high school, mm, none, yep. of that. none of that. It was really, I just wanted to teach my kids how to learn and to yes. love it. And that yes. was it. 
yes, that that has really changed the way that they have felt about their learning. Because of course, you have to take standardized tests to go to school and things like that. So you know, they were able to meet their benchmarks and do whatever they were supposed to do, but sitting in that classroom mm -hmm. and being able to say, you know what, I can learn this several different ways. I can take notes, I can draw pictures, I can look up a different way to do it online, I can go to the library. Like they have so many different ways that we have told them that they can find and retain information. And so they do have a bit of an advantage if they decide to go back to, if you decide to send them back to school or if they go on to college and even just in life in general, they have a, a tool that you've given them to help them pursue knowledge and to really, really dig in and find out what they wanna know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow, you said so much in what you just shared. <laughs> 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 because, you know, your kids are literally sitting in a classroom and I think, you know, some parents feel like, I don't know if I can do this forever. And mm. so you have definitely, you've done it while it worked for you. I mean, 11 years is a long time. I'm at year six and I'm like, I need them to be at more drop-off programs now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's been 11 years. Now that I have to count, I'm like, what year is this? I don't, I, I don't know. How long have I been doing this? How old is my child? <laughs> I think it's nine. It might be nine. Maybe that extra two is just stress. It might, it might be nine. It's something around there. Well, it's but a long time. It, it is a long time. And um, I just, a lot of the, t the realizations, once the confidence and everything hits, then we had this decision to make. Do they go back to school or not? And you know, when you're making that decision for college, where are they going to go? Are they going to go? The confidence you get as the years go on in your teaching and in your kid, I mean, I actually did not panic sending them to school, sending my oldest to college. I didn't fall apart because I'm like, you got this. You. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I want to say before I forget is to make sure that if you're homeschooling, you start with Google Classroom because the kids are using Google Classroom um, in college and they're, or they're using Blackboard, which is something similar. So they're getting their assignments online. If you are waking up with your high schooler in the morning or if you're deciding to school them in the afternoon and you're just giving them their assignments verbally or you're writing them down for them or you're typing them out for them, try to add some sort of technical component to it. Google Classroom is a great way for them to practice getting emails, checking assignments, turning in assignments, things like that. Because when they get to college, the teachers are no longer writing assignments on the whiteboard. They are no longer doing any of that. All of their assignments are coming through Blackboard or some sort of Google Classroom or some sort of online thing. So while it might feel weird to put that, that uh, kind of a third party between you and your student, you need, that's part of their education. If you are planning to, or if they are planning to go into college, that's got to be part of what they learn to do. Wow. So one of my other questions is how do you instill confidence in your kids to help them feel ready when they are apart from you? Wow. Um, I think it really depends on the child. 
my oldest, um, I just let him know that he could call if he had questions because they're so used to coming to you. And because um, you are basically not only their source of information, but their source of how to find other sources of information. So when he would have an issue with a teacher or something like that, he doesn't, he didn't have years and years of dealing with multiple teachers. So he, the, the skill that he had to develop was dealing with all the different personalities, the different styles of teaching. Because if you have had the same teacher and just a few tutors for the last few years, you tend to kind of adapt to what they're asking you and you know how to, to work with them. But when you have all these different personalities and all of these different ways of doing things, some people would enter information differently. Um, his confidence was knowing that he could call somebody mm. and he could say, what does this mean? And, or, or like, why would they ask me to, you know, do something this way when it clearly should be done this way? And you just explain to them, they are, a, they've been doing this for probably 20, 30 years. And this is the way that they do things. The same way that you know how to expect work to come from me, you have to adapt and you have to adapt every single semester every 55 minutes that <laughs> you go to another class. So that's another really, um, it's another thing that we just don't think about, the, the getting the confidence to approach your teachers and to look for information and ask questions and things like that because they're so used to the same person who feeds them and gives them hugs is also, you know, teaching them physics. Right. That's not how that works when you get to college. So basically just letting them know that you can call or you can call other, you've got all these aunties and people who also went to college, you can call them because a lot of times they might've gone to private schools. They might've gone to small parochial schools and they're just as confused as you are. <laughs> right. And, and they, they figured it out once they got to college. So you have resources. Right. Wow. So one of my, um, just one of the questions that has been on my mind as a parent um, especially when my kids get to that point. How do you kind of help your kids learn how to volunteer? Because there's some other things that deal with college readiness that's not just the academics. I remember when I applied to college, I had been in so many extracurricular, you know, like on student government and other, you know, things in school. So when you're coming from a homeschool environment, sometimes you don't have that all of those different types of experiences. But I know that um, just from knowing you, your kids seem pretty active, even though that they were homeschoolers. Can you kind of share how you prepared them for um, just other things outside of just the academic setting? Well, we did a lot of like club sports and things like that, because one of the things that you don't have as a homeschooler is a recommendation recommendations that can come from people who are not the parents. So they'll ask for something from a coach or something like that. So you just have to make sure, even if your kid is not sports-minded, my kids happen to enjoy sports and music and things like that, but if they're not into that, you know, there are so many chess clubs and there's a lot of stuff out there and some is 
specifically geared to homeschoolers. You just have to see what's available in your area. Um, but again, we talked about this before the uh, before we got started because you know we have to chit chat before we get going. <laughs> but um, you just kind of got to know your kid and explaining to them that you have to do these things to get into college. When you have a homeschooler, there's they have a big open mind and a bigger view of the world than most people. So when you tell them you have to do this thing, you're probably going to get some pushback. Like, what do you mean? Why, why do I have to be a president of something? Why do I have to? I don't, you know, they might not see the value in it at that time or they might not see the value in it ever. So the if, if they're not into it, they're not going to love it. Their essays are not going to reflect that. It would be great if you could get them into activities that have other supervision other than you um, so that you can have somebody to write those recommendations and things. But if you can't or if they're not into it, it's going to show when they do, if they have an interview or if they have essays to write and stuff like that. So as homeschool parents, we are very lucky that we get to spend a lot of time with our kids. So you can give them uh, options. I know that my oldest, he loved what he loved and that was it. There wasn't any way around that. So let's say that your son loves, your son or your daughter loves soccer. Okay. And then you tell them, well, it's great that you have this soccer on your uh, transcript or, or whatever we've come up with, but you're going to need to have some volunteer work. And they're like, what, what do you mean? You know, that, I, I don't see why I need to have that just to go to college. So, you know, you say, okay, well, we'll find you a little league to play soccer with on Saturday mornings. And they're like, oh, shoot. Okay. That you're not going to get a check, but you're going to get to do something that you love. So you just find things around that things that they really love. And then you can kind of the same way that you kind of fix up the curriculum to fit your kid, you can also fix up the extracurricular activities to fit, to fit with your kid. Mine happened to be very traditional kids that didn't mind, you know, playing soccer or doing gymnastics or whatever. But I know there are kids that are like, I'm not going out there, it's hot. I don't <laughs> feel right. like doing any of that. So you just see what they love. If they love coding, then find them some sort of uh, volunteer thing they can do. If you're part of a religious organization, sometimes your church will have plenty of volunteer activities for you to do. You just have to be a little bit more creative. Right. And since it is for a college application and possibly an interview, you want to make sure it's something that your kid is passionate about because they will get in there and tell on you and say, uh, so, so what made you, you know, go to Guatemala to do this? He's like, look, my mom signed me up for it. I don't know. <laughs> and, and then you've defeated the whole purpose. Right, right. That's true. That's true. So do you have any tips to help parents? Uh, another question that we got was, what do I do um, how do I deal with being around my kids all day? Do you have any tips for parents who are like, oh my gosh, I need a break. How did you survive? And can you give us tips? The alone time that I had was during their activities. So after, once I got them into an after-school program, and I know a lot of homeschoolers are like, after school, what does that even mean? But there are programs that will take your kid 
just like they take any other kid from any other school. So come three o'clock, how some some parents might be using that time to finish up work or you know they don't get off work till six or seven or something like that so they have their kid at an after school program please believe when that school day was over <laughs> they had a couple of hours to do what they needed to do and they went up the street to the after school program till seven thirty eight o'clock wow yeah some some of them like if they had uh, a production or something it would be up to eight o'clock but sometimes most days it was until seven so i had a nice break from about three till seven and um so yeah investigate after school programs that's your you would be stunned and the great thing is they don't have homework because they've already done all their homework so they can truly enjoy the program. You don't have to worry about them coming home late and they haven't done their homework and some of the programs will feed them. It is, look, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's absolutely awesome. wonderful. Awesome. Yes, yes. And the only thing I would uh, say is to make sure that the after-school program aligns with your values uh, for your family. Okay. Because there's plenty of public ones. There's some that churches provide. There's all kinds of different things, but just make sure you pop in and visit and see what's going on and, and stuff like that. But yeah, there's, it was after school programs and their activities. Um, my daughter's gymnastics or violin and stuff like that. They would give me a good hour, hour and a half. You schedule those things back to back. You end up with three to four good hours <laughs> to hang out on Facebook, write a whole book, whatever it is that you want to do. Right. You can, you can find some time. I love it. I love it. I think you, you have given us so many good nuggets. Some of those nuggets are to put your kids in after school programs, to give them um, different classes that they can take us apart from you to um, you also told us to I'm trying to think. I'm <laughs> trying to blank. But there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of nuggets that that you've given parents, and I definitely appreciate it. Um, just for the overall encouragement to know that somebody else has been there and done that, I think it encourages parents so that we can do the same. So before we go, um, I have one final question for you, and. It is, what would you, overall, what would you say to a parent who is um, really, who really wants to homeschool their kid, but they've been on the fence because they're not so um, confident with uh, their own abilities? So what would you tell them? And I'm sure that other people, because you were homeschooling for so long, other people have definitely come to you with that sort of um, question. And what advice did you give them? Well, hmm. I would say to give a lot of credit to your children, because most teachers do 30 kids at a time and those kids figure out how to find their way to get the information that they need and to understand what's happening. A lot of times in school, they don't even have, you know, after school office hours. They get what they get in that class for 35 to 45 minutes, and then they have to figure it out on their own, right? Or guess who they come to to get help? 
they come to you and then you learn new math and then you learn all these other different things that you had no idea you were going to have to go back and figure out even though your kids are in a brick and mortar school so imagine if you had the opportunity to learn how your child learns and you don't have 30 other kids to contend with or even 15 kids to contend with or depending on the size of your family, you don't even have 10 kids to contend with. You just have that one. So please believe you are more capable than you think you are because you've been in middle school. You know, you, you've, done, you've done this before and your child is more capable than you think that you don't have to sit there and spoon feed them every bit of information. You, you don't have to. And then the really wonderful thing that I used a lot is Google. Google yeah. is smarter than all of us, <laughs> okay? And you have so many different resources that you can find online that if you aren't confident about your ability to reduce fractions and all of those different things or being able to show them how to work through a problem or how to outline a chapter, things like that, you just Google it and you check two or three websites make sure everything is good check the books that you have and eventually you and your kid will figure it out you've got a whole day with your kid and you know you can do it i mean it's trust me it's not as hard as you think you're absolutely right oh wow so this has been a true treat Thank you so much for sharing so much with us about your kids and yourself and how the journey has been for you. For those who are interested in learning more about Eva and all the things that she shared with us that she does, I will have them in the show notes. And you can get to the show notes by going to bit.ly CCS podcast 18. So this will be podcast number 18. So again, that link is bit.ly CCS podcast 18. And I thank you so much for sharing um, with us and helping us see how it is to navigate the homeschool, um, to send your kid from homeschool to college, because I know that some of us want to do that and you've definitely given us some things to think about and to prepare for. So thank you. And thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Talking to you is always fun. Oh, thank you. <laughs>